Chapter 6 The Lewis House Harry woke with a blinding headache. It gave him a second of panic. The harsh throbbing in his forehead was so reminiscent of his scar. But for once it had nothing to do with his scar, he remembered with a groan. It had to do with whatever Goldie had given them to drink at the pub last night. Blimey! Apparently Ron was awake as well, and groaned as much as Harry had just done. Bloody hell! Not a great idea. Fun, though, wasn't it? Ron let out a monstrous yawn. You awake, Harry? Yeah. Harry winced at the sound of his own voice in his head. It was far too loud. I am never doing that again. Yeah, right. I mean it, Harry mumbled, giving a wide yawn of his own. I'll never keep up with Oliver if I do. Oliver, what, would? Harry nodded and immediately wished he hadn't. It hurt to move his head. I'm glad the Quidditch tryouts haven't started yet, he muttered, more to himself than to Ron. Oliver would have had me out of bed and flying two hours ago, no matter what kind of pain I was in. He's insane. He heard Ron's bed springs bounce, followed by the thud of his friend's feet hitting the floor. A moment later, Ron was leaning over him, freckled and grinning. Are you saying you're definitely going to go out for the cannons? Harry blinked. He hadn't realized it, but somewhere during the course of the previous evening, he must have come to a decision. Yeah, he replied slowly, feeling himself smile a bit. I guess I am. Ron whooped. Harry put his hands to his head and tried to block out the noise of Ron, dressing in a fury. Come on, Harry, get up. That's great news. I'm really glad you're going to try for it. Hermione'll want to know, and Sirius, too. Let's go downstairs. My head, was Harry's vague answer. Oh, stop blubbering and get up. We'll have a coffee, and it'll be fine. Then we can go outside, and you can practice for tryouts by showing me those moves you promised. Ten minutes later, still wincing painfully, Harry managed to follow Ron down to the dining room with his broomstick gripped in his hand. Morning light was very bright in the front window. The glare made Harry's headache worse than it had been already, though he hardly knew how that was possible. When the sun disappeared behind clouds a moment later, the shadow it left was much more tolerable, and Harry could actually make out the other occupant of the room. Remus was already sitting at the table, sipping tea and reading the Daily Prophet. He looked up at the two of them, and though his eyes were tired, he was obviously amused. Late night, he asked. Ron dropped with an exaggerated weariness into a chair. Very. You were right about that pub, though. Goldie's a load of fun. Gave us a welcome-to-town drink on the house. Only just the one, Remus mused, lifting an eyebrow. Are you sure it was Goldie? Harry leaned his broom on the wall and dropped into a seat at the end of the table. It was him, he answered shortly. Yeah, he handed us the bottle and let us go, Ron said, sounding satisfied with himself. We must have had four or five shots apiece. Remus chuckled. Which was it, Harry? Four or five? Harry shrugged, feeling a bit sheepish, and rubbed his head. His memories of the previous night seemed to be part real, part dream, and he found that it was difficult to sort them properly. The sound of laughter from beyond the kitchen door made his temples throb, and the smell of breakfast wafting toward the table made him nauseous. He wondered if eating would make him feel better or worse. "'Who's cooking?' Ron asked, lifting his nose into the air. "'Ginny,' replied Remus, returning to his paper. 
Oh, good, Ron rejoined too loudly. Harry looked askance at him as he continued to half-holler toward the kitchen door. I was worried it might be Hermione giving that cooking spellbook another try. Hermione appeared in the door as if on cue, balancing a stack of plates in the air with her wand. She regarded Ron with her chin in the air, even though a smile tugged at her lips. Why would I cook anything for you? she asked tartly, then flashed a grin at Harry. Morning, she said in an unusually sing-song voice. She landed the setting safely on the table and turned away to the kitchen. Anyway, Ron, you might try and be a bit nicer. I was just out here telling Remus that you have some really good news. Although I imagine you may have forgotten it entirely by now, the two of you look a terrible wreck. The door shut behind her and Ron watched it, a grin lighting up his face. Well, I do have a bit of news at that. Harry, who'd been distributing plates and forks with his wand during this exchange, now looked at Ron with interest. What news? he asked. What news? Ron repeated, looking at Harry in disbelief. Yeah. You really don't remember? Harry searched his brain, but drew a blank. I bet I would if you told me. Ron laughed. You should have seen him last night, he told Remus, who was laughing as well. I'm not surprised you can't remember anything, Harry. You were in a state. What do you mean? Harry asked, feeling vaguely wary. He had a sudden vision of himself drooling stupidly down the bar. What did I do? Oh, just fell down a bit, talked loudly, and laughed yourself sick. It was great. Harry felt irritated at this description. Glad I was entertaining, he said curtly. Well, what's your news? Come on. Ron gave a nod and turned toward Remus. Goldie gave me a job bartending down at the pub. I start at seven tonight. Yeah, I knew that one, said Harry at once, suddenly remembering at least that much of the evening. Ron had landed a job. Harry felt his earlier irritation disappear, and he smiled at his friend's good luck. Excellent, Ron, was Remus's reply. Ron, that's so great. Ginny was in the door. She and Hermione carried breakfast to the table and sat down. Does this mean I get a free butterbeer whenever I want? Ginny shot Harry a grin. But he couldn't smile back. The sight of Ginny brought the previous evening into sharp and unwelcome focus. Harry had a strong memory of her having been there at some point, though he couldn't remember speaking to her at all. In fact, his stomach writhed slightly. If he was remembering things correctly, then he'd stood there and stared her down for quite some time. Something about her hair. Ginny didn't seem to remember it, or if she did, she wasn't allowing it to affect her. But Harry saw that her hair looked as though it had been done up for a party, then slept upon directly. It was piled up high on the back of her head, and tendrils were coming loose all over. That, coupled with the fact that she was still in her dressing gown, made her a very endearing picture at the moment. I dunno, Jin. Ron shook his head with an air that reminded Harry distinctly of Percy. I shouldn't give stuff away while I'm working. Ginny rolled her eyes. Big head boy, she muttered under her breath. Harry snorted and tried to catch her eye to share the joke, but she had fallen to looking a bit wistfully at her plate, and he knew she must be thinking of Percy, too. Harry kicked her foot lightly under the table to catch her attention, and when he had it, he grinned and shot a deliberate sideways look at Ron. But instead of playing back, Ginny looked up at Harry with such unconcealed surprise that he faltered. He realized that it had been a long time since he had openly joked with her, and he felt himself begin to blush. 
Just before he felt truly awkward, however, she kicked him back under the table and shot a grin at Ron as well. Apparently, Ron had witnessed none of this exchange. He gave a satisfied sigh. So then, that's me taken care of for a while. And now that we're all together, Harry here, Ron clapped a hand on Harry's shoulder as if preparing him for some momentous event, has some news for everyone as well. Some unbelievable news. Ron turned to Harry expectantly, a gleam in his eye. Really? Hermione asked, frowning first at Ron and then at him, as if a bit put out that she wasn't in on the secret. What is it, Harry? Ginny leaned forward, chin propped on her hands. Have you got a job as well? she demanded. For a moment, Harry had no idea what any of them were talking about, and that it hit him. The cannons. He was going to go out for a professional Quidditch team. He grinned at the thought, surprised about how excited he was to tell everyone about his decision, and looked from Ginny's expectant face to Hermione's curious frown, enjoying their anticipation. "'Out with it, Harry,' Remus finally said. Harry turned to face him, drew a breath to say it, and stopped. One seat at the table was still empty, and he felt a pang of unmistakable disappointment. "'We're serious,' he asked, though he already knew the answer. "'He's working.' Remus answered, his tone controlled. With Dad? Ginny asked at once. Have they gone back out to Azkaban? She sounded as worried as Remus looked. No, no. Today he's gone to Wales. He thinks he's found a possible location for a new wizard prison. Ginny frowned. But they don't even know how they're going to contain the prisoners, so what's the point of that? Excellent question. I suggest you ask Sirius, Remus replied dryly, then shook his head and returned his attention to Harry. You'll have to tell your news twice, if you don't mind, because now I'm rather curious. He smiled. Harry shrugged. It's fine, he said, though he felt slightly less enthusiastic about telling the news without his godfather present. It's not really a big deal. I just thought I might go out for the Chudley Cannons, that's all. Oh, Harry, really? Jenny gasped. Harry, that's wonderful, Hermione cried. Not a big deal, Ron bellowed. It's the Cannons! Harry cringed as pain shot through his head directly behind his eyes. Hermione covered her ears. Honestly, Ron, we're not deaf. But she was beaming at Harry, and so was Ginny. Both were very clearly pleased about his decision. Remus, however, looked unruffled by the news. An admirable plan. But I have to say, Harry, it's not quite news to me. I had a warning on this. Harry looked at him in surprise. How's that? Remus lifted the newspaper a fraction. Eloise Midgen's report on you mentioned something about it being a possibility. That's out? Ginny asked at once. Can we read it, please? She held out her hand, and Remus handed her the paper. She skimmed the article quickly, with Hermione leaning over her shoulder, then blew out a breath of relief and smiled at Harry. It's all right, then? he asked warily. It's fine. It says that you're doing well and enjoying your summer, living with friends and godfather, thinking about what you'd like to do with your life, and then it uses all the things that Ron said to tidy it up. It's really the best article about you I've ever seen. At least it's true. She looked down at the paper again. Colin is such a good photographer, she mused, and Harry watched her, feeling a blush creep back into his face, as Ginny studied his image on the paper. She tucked a curl of red hair behind her ear and bit her lip, then seemed to realize all at once whose picture she was staring at. She folded the paper hastily, handing it across to Ron as quickly as she could, accidentally catching Harry's eyes in the process. 
For a split second they looked at each other, and then Jinny looked away quite pink. Harry hadn't seen her flustered like this in a long time, and it was somehow reassuring. He watched her for another moment as she busied herself with folding her napkin unnecessarily, and wondered what she would do if he touched her foot again under the table. Ron slapped the newspaper open. Startled, Harry blinked at the noise, then craned his neck over Ron's shoulder to see just what Jinny had been looking at. Colin's picture was indeed very good, a black-and-white image of himself, smiling slightly. Every so often his photo self would run a hand through his hair, tossing it up off of his forehead. He never thought of himself as a handsome person because it hadn't crossed his mind much. He'd always been a bit skinny and untidy, really, but according to this photograph, Harry reflected, he wasn't so bad. He looked older than he was accustomed to thinking of himself, and even his expression surprised him. The smile in the photo was pensive and guarded. He hadn't realized that everything showed up so easily on his face. "'So when are the tryouts, Harry?' Hermione's voice brought him back to the table. He shrugged. "'Soon, I expect. I think there was something in the paper about it yesterday.' Ron flipped it to the sports section. He read aloud. "'Oliver Wood.' previously keeper for the Puddlemere Reserve Team and newly named captain of the Chudley Cannons, has announced that trials for his team will begin on Monday, July 27th. Of course I realize that this is a month earlier than most teams plan to begin, says Wood, but most teams won't be winning the league championship now, will they? Harry laughed out loud, and so did the rest of them. Wood's still out of his mind. I'm going to get run into the ground. Well, good, said Hermione seriously, turning to him. I'm really glad you're going to do this, Harry. You need it, she added, looking a bit as though she expected him to yell at her for saying so. When he smiled instead, she looked extremely relieved. Jinny propped her chin on her hands again. Oh, I don't know about that, she said airily. Harry, I don't think you need to go out for the cannons. Why not wait for a decent team and then try out, she asked too innocently. Harry had to clap a hand over his mouth to keep from spitting out his tea at the look of Ron's face. Take that back, Ron said warningly. Name me a game where they've won, and I will, Jinny retorted. Planning to practice a bit today, Harry? Remus interjected smoothly, glancing at the firebolt against the wall. That's right, Ron said, still glaring at Jinny as he got to his feet. And they've won games, you know. They just haven't won the league in a while. True, Jinny replied easily. A hundred and six years definitely qualifies as a while. You little Ron began. We're off, said Harry, hastily cutting off the conversation so that he wouldn't feel obligated to take Jinny's side of it. She was right, after all. We're going to that low field for a bit of flying. Not yet, you're not, Jinny said, smiling up at her brother with the air of one who was enjoying inflicting torture. You're washing up. We cooked. That's always the rule. Ron scowled. Jinny, first off, you know nothing about Quidditch. Second, you're not mum, and if you think you can set chores on us, we'll do it, interrupted Harry once more, more interested in getting it done so that they could go out flying than to having an argument they were sure to lose. He started stacking plates in the air and sending them into the kitchen. Thanks, Harry. Jinny stood up and went past him, pausing to lightly touch his arm. Have a nice practice. Not meaning to do it, Harry reached up to cover her hand with his own briefly and said, I will. Thanks for breakfast. Jenny withdrew her hand after a short pause and went out of the kitchen, leaving Harry quite startled. His heart began to race. How was it that she could affect him so much with such a small gesture? 
and why did Ron and Hermione have to give each other a look about it? Not that they were the only ones who had noticed. Remus caught Harry's eyes for a moment before shifting his gaze back to his tea. Avoiding looking at everyone, Harry got up from the table and went to the kitchen, determined to get the washing finished and get outside. Ron's assistant made it a quick job, and before he knew it, they were in the road, broomsticks in hand. Harry's headache had almost evaporated, even as he squinted into the sunlight. He and Ron walked away from Lupin Lodge and were passing the large house on the opposite side of the road when Ron stopped abruptly. Absolutely not! Harry turned at once. The tone in Ron's voice was unexpectedly furious, and his friend's face was taut with anger. What is it? he asked hurriedly. Look up there, look quick! Ron pointed to the third floor balcony on which Harry had seen the man sunning a few days before. There was no one on it. No one's there, he began, but Ron cut him off. Through that glass door on the deck. I swear, I thought I saw... Harry strained his eyes through the glass, but the house was set far back on an impressive lawn, and there was a sharp glare on all its windows. It was difficult to make anything out. Still not seeing anything, who was it? Malfoy. Ron gave a snort of disgust. Malfoy? Harry repeated in disbelief, feeling his heart sink. He couldn't think of anything more unwanted than having Draco Malfoy cut into the first peaceful summer of his life. Are you sure? But Ron shook his head at once and resumed walking. Nah, it couldn't have been him. I know he lives off in that manner of his. He ran a hand through his hair, roughly. But I'm telling you, it really looked like that bastard. For a second, I thought I must be going batty. Harry considered a moment and then said, I saw a man on that deck the other day. It might have been him you just saw. He had blonde hair. Maybe that's all it was then. Ron smacked his fist into his hand and exhaled. I must have Malfoy on the brain, disgusting as that is. Maybe I just want to run into him or something. What? Harry asked, taken aback. Why? Ron looked suddenly murderous. There are a few things that never got quite taken care of, he muttered. That bloody son of a bitch. I'll never forgive him for sicking his dad on Hermione's parents like that. Not much I could do about it while we were in school, but I tell you, if he ever... Ron. Harry felt sick to his stomach, and it had nothing to do with his hangover. His voice was very low. Cut it out. Ron looked at him, quickly snapping out of his rant, and he shook his head, perhaps in silent apology for having brought any of it up. The two of them walked along quietly after that and didn't speak again until they were up in the air, tossing small rocks past each other in lieu of golden snitches and hollering as they dove to catch them. 